There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer. Your safety is not guaranteed. In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. the end of the road where the car of Angela Atticus Jr. has just come to an abrupt stop. Our camera lingers behind the vehicle as Angela, Penny, and Saber open their doors and step out to marvel at the dense primeval jungle which has sprung up in place of the quiet suburban street that ran through here mere days ago. Did anybody cover this on the news that there is a fucking jungle in our backyard? Yes. Okay, so you knew? Uh, yeah, it was on the news. <laughs> Damn, this looks bad. Um, I guess we'll just leave the car here and go on foot. Nothing bad will happen, probably not. So. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, let's go. Um, Angela's going to get out her sword that she's just like keeping on... What do you call it? Like, what keeps a, a sword in a... Is it a sheath? Mm-hmm. What do you call it? So she has one on her back. And so she, like, pulls out her big wooden sword and turns to the group and says, I'm going to just start hacking away and hopefully we can find Chanel or someone's house in here. So let's go into the jungle, I guess. Sure. I'll hold the compass. Yes. Good idea. Saber says, um, well, I can kind of float through the undergrowth and stuff so i guess i'll take the lead sure yeah and you can just like hack behind me sounds good yell if you see anything suspicious this whole everything here is suspicious <laughs> start screaming uncontrollably <laughs> ah! more specifically <laughs> giant <laughs> time monsters <laughs> Yeah, y'all, single file, start hacking your way into the scar. We hear a slow, steady beeping coming from the chroniton detector. Uh, I guess we're going the right way. Can we see any houses? As y'all make your way through, Saber in the lead, Angela hacking with her sword behind Saber, and Penny bringing up the rear with the chroniton detector, the scene is similar to what you saw at the crash site. Big prehistoric trees, plants, uh, huge carnivorous looking flowers, a constant sort of like rustling in the underbrush. And here and there you see evidence of like 
the little glitched out time displaced life forms like the flower that Zeke smeared all over himself. Mm -hmm. You see a bird fly by with seven wings. You see a, a lizard on a tree that is sort of like glitching between having one and two heads. And here and there you see houses, or at least what used to be houses. Some of the houses are partially transformed back into their constituent parts. You see a house that's like merged with trees and sand. You see some houses that uh, appear to have been time displaced into the future and so are crumbling into dust and decay before your eyes. And then after an hour or so of hacking and hiking, uh, the beeping of the chronoton meter starts to increase rapidly. And then before you know it, you are in front of a overgrown, moss-covered, dilapidated-looking house, which when you cross-reference the star on your map and the GPS on your phone appears to be one of the locations that you're looking for. Hey, this thing works. It does. Well, Vesper made it, so I guess that makes sense. (laughs) We're not used to really good gadgets. (laughs) Um, so... Somewhere walking through the halls of Indigo <laughs> Labs, both the Zeeks are just like, oh, ah, hmm, oh, headache. <laughs> so, uh, this is, uh, house one. This is our stop. Are y'all ready? Ready as I'm going to be. Don't touch any plants. Don't touch any water. Yeah, no shiny goo. No shiny goo. And... You see Saber like quietly putting some goo back onto a tree. <laughs> Saber! <laughs> I didn't it can't hurt me. We don't listen, we don't know. Just to err on the side of caution. And then a bunch of arms grow out of her and she's ah! like, Saber! They like slurp back in. She's like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Angela like pushes Saber playfully. You can't do stuff like that. Beetlejuice rules. <laughs> <laughs> Saber spins slowly backwards and does like a very slow backwards somersault until she's facing upright again. Good joke, Saber. Yeah, really funny and not scary at all. Thanks, I've been practicing. <laughs> okay. Okay, y'all. Wait, watch this one. And she grabs her face and pulls her face really long out and lets her eyeballs drop down into her mouth. And she ah! goes, ah! <laughs> Saber, this is not the time or the place. Oh, I'm sorry. Read the room. <laughs> yeah, read the room. <laughs> okay, be prepared to fight if we have to. Because, you know, that just kind of is the name of the game with us. Um, but... Should we knock? No. Okay. <laughs> um, Angela's gonna... Is there even a door? Mm-hmm. Okay, Angela's gonna head to the door, and she's constantly checking behind her just to make sure Saber and Penny are right behind her, and she's gonna try to open the door. We cut back to a cavernous room somewhere deep within Indigo Labs. The walls lined with powerful but also cool and retro-looking computer equipment operated by a combination of science goons and equally unimportant human employees. All of that cool retro equipment looks small and like shit, though, compared to the towering spherical chronoscope, which Meredith Indigo has just theatrically unveiled. Heck, Gently is also here. But Zeke, your attention isn't on any robot 
or no computer, no matter how freaking cool and retro it looks, you've only got eyes for the rugged young astronaut cowboy who's standing beside it. <gasps> Dick! And Dick says, Zeke! Yes, hello, Mr. Spangler. Good to see you again. <laughs> he runs up and hugs you. Oh, hello. Got your little egg scrambled bit there, huh, partner? Dick, hi. Yeah, small body, second head. <laughs> stuff's weird. <laughs> yep, stuff's real weird, partner. It's real weird. <laughs> yeah, it's really good to see you, though. It's good to see you, too. I was worried about you. Uh, hello, Dick. Hello, all, uh, hello, other Zeke. Hi. You sound a lot like your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone becomes their parents eventually, I guess. Oh, ain't that the truth. My dad was a cattle rustler himself. <laughs> Do you rustle cattle actively? Just space cattle, if you know what I'm saying. He winks at you. <laughs> Somehow I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heck remains standing perfectly motionless, staring directly ahead. Heck, come over here. And Meredith says, um, oh, he can't hear you right now. I thought it would be best to deactivate him for this. You turned him off? You better save him. He's just, a, think of it like he's taking a little nap. He'll be just fine. I do it to him all the time. Why don't you close his eyes? Well, it's not necessary. Yeah, Human it's... beings only close their eyes to clean debris out of them. You don't think Damn. he gets debris in his eyes? My eyes are filthy. <laughs> I can spray them out with some cleaning solution later. It's not a big deal. It's just really creepy. Can you just close them? Meredith, uh, you can't see her eyes underneath her goggles, but you see her face roll her eyes. Mm -hmm. And she says, um, cranberry, 23, orange, and hex eyes blink closed. <laughs> Ooh, I got to remember that one. <laughs> you got to remember the one to make his eyes close? Why? I don't know. Young Zeke says, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Heck would like it to just be shut off w without his consent. I assume you didn't ask him before you turned him off. Heck was very distraught when he arrived here with you, not having complete access to all of his memories. He obviously didn't understand what it is that we're doing here. You just turned, you just, you just hit the big power switch on his back and you turned him off? Oh, I have a list of verbal commands for Heck, one of which puts him in this trance-like powered-down mode that you see now. Sleep paralysis. Well, yes, except his mind is also asleep. Oh, good. Okay. Well, Meredith, it's certainly impressive what you've done with my instructions. Why don't you show me how it works? I'd like nothing better. I'm sorry. I'm as glad as I am to have you here and to have you bear witness to what I've created. I do so with a heavy heart. The prospect that we face, Dr. Lin, is a terrible one. Mm-hmm. But if we act fast and we act on the knowledge that you have allowed us to see, there might just be time to harness the power of these rogue chronotons and save the human race. Ooh, take it from me. Bad plan, bad plan. You don't want to mess with this stuff. You might end up on a sharing a body with your teen self on your toddler self body. Dr. Lin, I believe when you see what I have to show you, you will come around to my line of thinking. All right. Hit play. Should we, uh, you see her look at like the two headsets attached to the machine and back at you. She says, um, I was gonna, I was gonna jump in with you. Do you? Oh, no, I think one for each of us. Thank you. Yeah, I think we, I think Zeke's like, 
<laughs> Zeke's like getting cocky because old Zeke can be so cocky. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think I think this is just something for the doctor's Lynn to look at. Okay, well, the chronoscope is a primarily visual experience. You will be immersed in the scenes of the future that you will be seeing. You will be safe there, uh, and you will still be able to hear and speak to me here in the laboratory. Okay, got it. Sounds good. Hook us up. Uh, and two of these scientists get up from their chairs in the corner of the room and kind of like scurry over and put these helmets over the two Zeke's heads. I imagine we both have to like lean a little bit out to get the helmets on both of our uh-huh. heads. <laughs> uh, and put one of the gloves on each one of your hands. Mm-hmm. And then you are seeing darkness. Uh, once this helmet is on, it totally obscures your vision and you see nothing. And Meredith says, okay, in a moment. I'm going to activate the chronoscope and you will be able to see the future that you, Dr. Lin, needed us to see. Okie dokie. We smash cut to find ourselves knee deep in the scar. We're in the frickin' jungle. The primordial plants and trees and insects surround us on all sides. We don't have any time to look at it. Because we're doing a fucking Evil Dead style. Cameras running full speed through the jungle. Crashing down trees. <laughs> crashing down branches. Crashing over tectolics and big weird birds. Some guy who's just standing in the road is just like, yeah, That dude is fucked. He's dead. We don't care about him. We're not stopping. We're actually speeding up. As we emerge from the jungle, crash out directly in front of the house of Chanel Todd. Looking over the shoulders of Angela Atticus Jr., Penny White, and through the shoulders of Saber Muto, who have just opened the door to the Todd residence and are about to venture inside. So you all stand before the doorway. Okay. The house lays before you, darkened. The smell is the first thing that hits you after you open this door. It reeks like an old moldy basement, like a, like a basement after a flood has passed through. And as your eyes begin to adjust to the darkness in the house, you see the deterioration that has occurred to the structure here. It's not just the mold and moss growing all over the walls and furniture, although there is a lot of that. It's also the disintegration and desiccation of the things that were there. You see a dining room set uh, in this big open floor. I'm picking a, picturing a big like open floor plan ranch home, uh-huh. okay? You can see kind of all the way through past the main living area and the kitchen to uh, the sliding glass doors that lead to the backyard and the pool. Uh, you see a trampoline back there as well. But your your view out those back windows and sliding glass doors is heavily obscured by the overgrown lawn and foliage that uh, has grown up back there. But back to the inside of the house, you see this wooden dining room set, table and chairs that has halfway transformed back into the trees that those logs were originally hewn from. And some of it has just gone the opposite direction and uh, petrified into gnarled wooden bones. 
My, um, my mom would love this. Tree bones. Yeah, yeah, it's got a real beachy vibe. Mm. No, uh, not my real mom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Angela's m- real mom, not Diane. <laughs> I'm saying that she like, likes that the wood is turning back into a tree. Sure, I got it. Maybe Diane would really dig like the rustic vibes, like driftwood <laughs> vibes. <laughs> she loves a, a, a natural Yeah, natural Rustic uh, You see a wall that clearly used to Be like the family photo gallery wall In here, right? But the photos themselves have rotted away And the frames have like Skitter stuck in and out of the wall Like kind of dissolving into the wall And out All coated with this dark stinking mold That covers most of the surfaces in the house The floors, as y'all begin to step in to the house, you find that the floors are coated in dirt. You can see your footprints being left like astronauts on the moon trudging through the regolith, like centuries of dust and dirt accumulated in only a few weeks time here. And through those back windows and sliding glass doors, as I said, your vision is obscured, but you are able to make out occasionally movement you're seeing shadows cast across the glass and you hear rustling in the overgrown vegetation um angela looks over at penny and saber and her eyes widen and she like points by the window just to like show that there's movement Mm -hmm. and then um looks back at them and points to go like down the hallway to try to find Chanel's bedroom because she wants to grab um, something that's really important to Chanel, like her cheerleading uniform. Mm-hmm. So she looks over at Penny and Saber and motions them to follow her as they quietly move through the kitchen to get to the hallway. Okay, so our camera follows as view tiptoe, Scooby-Doo style, <laughs> through this Frickin' horror show of a suburban home. You make your way slowly, quietly, carefully through that big open floor plan main room towards this back hallway. All the while keeping your uh, all of your eyes and all of their various um, configurations. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of sidelong out that back window to keep an eye on the movement there. You see this shadow kind of moving around and being cast over the trampoline and the pool and the plants back there, but you don't quite see the form that is casting it. But for now, it seems to be staying back there and it doesn't appear to have heard your intrusion into its domain. Yeah. Angela, you follow your gut as you lead your friends back into this darkened hallway. And your gut tells you to open up the door on the right side of the hallway. Dun, dun, dun. Mainly because on the door, it says Chanel's room, keep out. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured you were going to say that. <laughs> um, is the door closed? It sure is. Okay. I'm going to knock on the door. No, I'm going to... Um... Oh, you die. Turn back to the uh, previous chapter. <laughs> snake bite. You yeah. died of a snake to bite. open the door without knocking. <laughs> um... Angel's going to open the door quietly. I feel like since they're rich, their doors don't creak, right? Like, yeah, right. Like, right. Shouldn't have said that. But. Got those in-frame <laughs> sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to open the door. 
open that baby up to peek inside. You open up Chanel's bedroom door. It swings open with a, a hushed whoosh. And you all see a bedroom that is in the same state of deterioration as the rest of the house. The mattress has essentially rotted off the bed. You see piles of loose cotton and rotted foam at the edges of the bed. The metal frame has rusted away in chunks and is laying in tatters in like a roughly bed shape uh, where it used to be. There is a broken mirror on one wall shattered into pieces, seemingly from a blow. You see a closet door and a dresser. The dresser, which has also begun reverting back into the tree form of the wood that created it with weird distorted branches sticking off on all sides. The drawers warped and half open. Well, I, Angela, I'm going to start going through the dressers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Angela's going to point at Penny and motion for her to check the closet. Penny gives a thumbs up. And then Saber, I like point to, Angela points to Saber and tells her to like look under the bed. You know, kids throw their clothes off, stick it under the bed. And so, well, I guess, I mean, it's rotting, rotting away, but. She probably wasn't um, rotting when she put stuff in. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um, but just kind of motioning to the team of where to go and look for her cheerleading uniform. Okay. Angela, you start rooting through the dresser as Penny starts digging through the closet. Saber gets onto the bed and phases her head down through the bed to look around (laughs) underneath it. And Angela, in the dresser, you find mainly tattered, moth-eaten rags. The time distortion seems to have reduced all of her clothing to ancient scraps. Similarly, Penny, in the closet, you find a floor of the closet covered in mold and dust. And you see things crawling around on the walls like large insects skittering through the darkness. Ew. Yeah, I think Penny is really trying to avoid squashing them because she doesn't want to make any noise. So she just like touches something but then kind of throws it and picks up something and kind of throws it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you everything you pick up and then kind of throw just squishes in your hand like a rotten orange. Yeah. And then y'all hear Saber muffled from under the bed saying... Um, Hey, y'all, would uh, would this work? And you see her feet disappear. She phases all the way down under the bed from the top <laughs> and then comes out from underneath pushing a shoebox. The shoebox is a bit distorted, but it appears otherwise mostly intact. Penny's going to walk over and take the lid off the box. Yeah, Penny, you take the lid off the box and inside you see a diary locked. You see a handful of Polaroid photos of Chanel at different cheerleading competitions, along with a couple of second and third place cheerleading competition ribbons. And you find a Chillhaven High school colored scrunchie. Mm. Yes, this is perfect. Okay, let's get out of here. Yes, come on. Okay, um, same way we came, just be really quiet and let's get out Penny, Penny put the scrunchie on her wrist to make sure she can keep an eye on it. Perfect. Alright everyone follow me. And Angela leads the way back out. Okay. Y'all start Scooby-Doo walking out into the hallway and back towards the main room. Moments before you're about to exit the hallway and turn the corner into that main room 
you hear the sound of glass breaking from the back of the house. We cut back to blackness. For a moment, you wonder if the part of your brain that makes images out of podcast descriptions is offline. But no, that's just all the Zeeks are seeing right now inside of their chronoscope headsets. But the Zeeks have other senses, one of which is hearing. And with that sense, they detect the telltale sound of a large switch being flipped, followed by the hum of a machine whirring to life. And then we find ourselves alongside the two Zeeks floating high above the earth. Whee! And the earth is spinning incredibly rapidly in front of you. You feel yourself swinging in arcs around the sun and you see the moon swinging quickly around the earth as time moves forward at an alarming rate. And then the earth begins to slow out of your control and you find yourself screaming down towards it. Slow down! How do we hit the brakes when we're floating? We're just dialing you in on time and location. Things should be slowing down in three, two, one. And then you stop. Young Zeke pukes. (laughs) (laughs) I threw up. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Can somebody get him? One of the goons, get him up. (laughs) Zeke, you are confronted with a city. Here, the sky boils crimson and purple as gargantuan tentacles pierce the atmosphere from the cold Stygian beyond. In the shattered cityscape below your feet, the air is filled with the anguished wails of those remaining few unfortunate enough to cling to life. Their pitiable forms dot the broken streets, the flesh of their knees torn to shreds from kneeling, blood pouring from unblinking eyes fixed on the sky above. These tortured souls are exponentially outnumbered by the immeasurable dead. Their corpses hang rotting from lampposts and power lines, or are impaled by the score on towering rusted metal pikes, as twisted, gibbering abominations pick their way through the shattered hellscape and gorge themselves on putrid flesh. And lofted high above this carnage, hovering in the sky on a black, roiling vortex of arcane power, her visage a twisted sea of eyes, her many arms splayed at her sides like the wings of some gruesome seraphim, is the dark god of this Bashian nightmare, the avatar of the chaos beyond the veil, Penny White. <laughs> Shit. Zeke, without your control, <laughs> the world spins beneath you in a screeching blur. You're able to catch mere glimpses from below of other kingdoms of suffering. A flicker of orange and red accompanied by the scent of sulfur and the sound of screams. Then an antiseptic desert of glimmering steel and chrome. And then moments later, you and you are transported miles away to another corner of this prophesized world. This one is green as the first was black. You see the remains of a highway crowded with rusted shells of cars, 
all overtaken by knotted flowering vines. The mummified remains of those who tried to flee their vehicles, frozen in terror by vegetation that tore through their fragile bodies faster than they could escape. You see the last of the human armies battling at the rapidly approaching edge of a continental wilderness. And you hear their screams as their armor and then their flesh is melted from their bones by founts of acid expelled by humongous meat-stinking flowers. A flock of birds taking flight in the distance draws your eye to a colossal form lumbering on the horizon, towering above the apocalyptic canopy, sheets of moss and vine hanging from its sequoia-like arms. Its tangled antlers splayed out against the heavens like a petrified capillary system of some long-dead leviathan. You see the goddess of the world forest, the bringer of the end of man, the queen of the witches, Akasa Luim, Angela Atticus Jr. Twin apocalypses. We have a lot to live up to. We do, and I think we should just join forces and make it fucking come true. Uh, I was thinking about if we collabed. Yeah. Uh, and then, Zeke. We can talk about it. <laughs> just like that, the world spins away from your feet. You are flung back up into space and then into darkness. Uh, and then you feel the helmets being removed from your eyes. Old Zeke says, uh, geez, oh, Pete's. I am glad I don't remember that. I mean, yes, of course, the future that I knew about, that I warned you of, seems pretty spooky. Uh, and young Zeke just kind of stares into the distance for a sec and says, uh, okay, okay, that was a lot, but, um, you feel um, a hand on your shoulder, and you um, look over to see Dick Spangler, who's looking down at you sympathetically. He says, uh, yeah, it's a whole nasty rodeo there, partner. Well, that certainly seems bad. But, hmm. knows <laughs> <laughs> about this. Old Zeke looks at young Zeke and starts talking to him in their head. Is this something they can do? Yep. Like twins? Roll to do magic. Yeah, we. I think you need to roll to use magic. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah. I think so. Switching we have not established up. any kind of psychic connection here. Spinal <laughs> cords are connected. <laughs> Therefore. Ryan's twins are not, don't have psychic connections. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I've seen some, some documentaries. Yeah. It's going to be a 12 on use magic. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, old Zeke turns to look at young Zeke and uh, without putting a lot of effort or concentration into it, just kind of thinks at him mm -hmm. and says, uh, how are you doing, bud? I know that was a lot. Ah! Calm down. Don't draw a scene. I'm trying to buy us some time here. Are you, are we, are we communicating telepathically? I mean, kind of, sort of. It's the... It's the telepathic equivalent of, like, talking into two tin cans with a string. We can hear each other, but I don't think we could do this with anyone else. Okay. What's up? We hear Meredith Indigo saying something to you, but it's indistinguishable to the audience. She's just clearly talking to you Charlie while you're Brown having nice, this yeah. internal womp, conversation. Womp, 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 mm -hmm. womp, womp. Young Zeke says, uh, yeah, that was a lot. My cousin and my friend are gonna cause the apocalypse. Listen, listen. 
we still can't let Meredith mess around with time. Yeah, she might stop Angela and Penny, which one, probably means killing them, and two, who knows what she's gonna do after that. Yeah, okay, it's just... I don't know, I, I, I'm having weird feelings about Penny since I found out about the whole... She made me help cover up a murder and erased my memories about it thing. Didn't make you help. And that was a real. <laughs> <laughs> I can put my thoughts in your head too. Yep. And that and that was a real nasty vision. And I don't know. It's just I'm just feeling conflicted about it. Doctor Lynn. Doctor Lynn, are you with us? I'm sorry. I know that was a lot. Listen. Can't give up on your friends, okay? If I can pass you one lesson from the future, that's it. We don't know that you're from the future. At this point, I'm pretty sure I'm from the future. Hey, Zeke, you all right there, bud? What? Hey, Zeke, come back to me. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, we're good. You looked like you drifted away there for a second. I was thinking. Your eyes were rolling around all crazy. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking about things. Listen, I saw it too. I know that it's a, well, it's like a, it's like a freaking nightmare I had a nightmare. Y yeah, yeah. But listen, Meredith Indigo, you know, if she's one-tenth of her grandfather's granddaughter, then I know that she can fix all of this. And especially, like, with you, you're a brilliant freaking scientist. Me, I'm a, well, more of an astronaut pilot. You're a valuable member of any team that you're on. Thank you. And heck, you know, once he's awake and we can explain this to him a little bit, you know, a little bit more gently, uh... Uh, yeah <laughs> little joke i did there uh well i mean he's a brilliant scientist too so you know with all of us great minds put together i think we can we can figure out a way to you know cure your friends and prevent this from happening absolutely absolutely dick very well put meredith i'm happy to help you with anything you need now uh do you mind if i make some modifications to the to the timescope uh, I just noticed some fidelity issues with the picture quality of the future that I think could be improved, give you even more information on how to stop the coming apocalypses. I would be honored, Dr. Lin, to have your input. As Great. long as you are my guest, my team, and she gestures to all the scientists, is at your disposal, and I look forward to working with you to save the human race. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, can someone hand me a socket wrench and a power drill, please? I'd like to use my engineering move now, please. Okay. Uh, so my goal is I want old Zeke to mess around with the timescope mm -hmm. so that instead of giving visions to the future, it only gives one vision of the past, and it is uh, a, an extremely embarrassing personal moment for Meredith. Oh, no. <laughs> really funny. Okay, go for it. It's like when she lost middle school science fair or right. something. Honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a 14. How? What, what do you You rolled like 10 times today. Yeah. Are these cheater dice? Yeah. On a 10 plus, it's fixed or broken just like you wanted. Okay. So yeah, uh, old Zeke says, um, opens up a control panel to the timescope. I'm thinking there's just a big hatch like in the middle of it. You can open up and start sure, taking around yeah. the wires and stuff. And you just see the two heads like go in and just the little toddler legs sticking out, kind of kicking in the air. And you just hear like, you know, the turn of the socket wrench mm -hmm. and like some drilling and some some sawing for some reason, which is confusing because no one handed him a saw. Uh, and after a few minutes, he pops out and shuts the hatch and says, uh, okay, 
Now, you're going to want to leave it shut off for about four hours or so, okay? Give it some time to uh, uh, reboot and recalibrate, but when it comes back... Yeah, it says, the, yes, reboot and recalibrate. Yes, I understand. Yep, 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 yep. So just leave it off for, uh, you know, a good four hours or so, and then you are free to check out more Visions of Time in high definition. Uh, in the meantime, Meredith, if it's okay with you... Uh, I think me and my friends need to go home, regroup, uh, get a few things together, and we'll report back tomorrow. You can tell us if the High Fidelity has given you any more uh, important information, and we'll uh, get cracking on a plan. Of course, you understand that we will need to apprehend Angela Atticus Jr. and Penny White and bring them into the laboratory so that we can work together to prevent this future from coming true. Oh, I don't think there's any need to apprehend them. We'll just go have a chat with them. I'm sure they'll come willingly with me. No need to waste important resources on it. You need all the help you can get here. And you think you can just convince them to come willingly? Oh, absolutely. They trust me implicitly. Okay. Well, Dr. Lin, one of my assistants can show you out. Great. Uh, I thank you for your help, and I, I look forward to working with you. Of course. Do you mind having a couple of goons carry Heck out to the car, too? She turns to Heck... And she says, eggplant, 19 cup. <laughs> and Hex's eyes kind of flutter open, but he still has like a glassy thousand yard stare. And he walks over to your side and stands motionless there. How do I make him like regular again once we get home? Meredith says, oh, sure. Let me write down the command words for you. Okay. And she writes down a few words on a piece of paper and folds it up and hands it to you. Oh, okay. No. She says, um... I would just ask you to do me the courtesy of not activating him until we're out of the laboratory so we don't shock the poor boy too much. Of course. Okay, have a nice night, Meredith. Dick, heck, let's get out of here. Cut back to a darkened hallway within the ruined home of Chanel Todd. Somewhere, not far off, we hear the sound of glass breaking. Should we run? Yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and we take off running out the door. Yeah, y'all uh, make a break for it from the hallway to the front door. As you two are running, Angela, you see behind you that Saber has stopped in her tracks and is staring at something towards the back of the house. Um... Angela is going to grab Saber's hand and say, we got to go. Angie, wait, look. I don't think she knows we're here. What? Why do you say that? And she points, and you follow her gaze, and you see Chanel Todd. I think the only reason that you recognize this thing as Chanel is because you're in her house. And you can see pieces of Chillhaven High school-colored cheerleader uniform here and there emerging from its mass, floating around seemingly blindly and aimlessly in the kitchen of the house near a pile of broken glass that used to be a window. You see a huge amorphous blob sticking out from it, hither and thither at weird angles are human arms and legs and within its mass you see mouths and noses 
and you see these pieces of clothing where parts of Chanel's body has twisted and morphed. And you make the connection between this beholder floating around in this kitchen and the trampoline through the window in the backyard that Chanel was doing some flips and flops out there when the transformation hit her. That's why she's a blob. Uh Oh no. And the time displacement has blended all of her motions together into one many-limbed, grotesque sphere. She may not be able to see us, but she can hear us, so come on. Yeah, we gotta hurry. And you hear as you say that, this Chanel, this creature, moaning softly in a distorted voice as she wanders the wreckage of what used to be her house. Angela feels really bad, but there's nothing we can do for her right now. So Saber snaps out of it and she says, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go. And y'all run and exit the house. <sighs> that was wild. Wow. That was really scary. But That's gross. Yeah. But I'm really glad we just got in, got out. And now we can just move on. Hopefully we can save her in time for the dance. Yeah. Oh, the dance. I haven't even thought about that in days. Well. On to the next. Yeah. So you have your little detector. Yep. Hold it up. Chronotime. Chronoton detector. Chronotime. Chronoton. And then Angela takes a peek at that like little kind of map of the scar that we have. And then she's going to point on the path and say, onward. Onward. <laughs> and we walk. When suddenly, <laughs> your phone rings. It's Zeke. Zeke. Oh, and my gosh. Penny answers. Hi, Zeke. Penny. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. What? No. What's the matter? You gotta be quiet or I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hi, Zeke. We see <laughs> over Penny's shoulder her phone screen, and it's just like one half of each of the Zeke's heads <laughs> in frame. Heck and Dick both like... Trying to look through uh-huh. the crack in between the heads. <laughs> I think Heck is actually like right in the crack in between the heads and is just waving cheerfully at Penny. Hi, Heck. Uh, we cut back actually to the Zeeks and Dick and Heck on their side of the conversation at the Lynn residence. Mm-hmm. Now, once more with Zeeks in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Lynn's. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> A Lynnful Lynn residence. Uh, and we see on Zeke's side of the phone conversation, Penny's face. Uh, against the backdrop of a dense and scary jungle. Ooh, you guys back by the rocket crash? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. We got a scrunchie from Chanel, so check. Okay, cool. I got dick back. We got dick back. We got dick back. Yay. Well, it's hard because we're the same person, so like, do we say we, do we say I? We got dick back. Good. Hi, Dick. How are you? Oh, hey there, partner. Uh, I am doing... Um... Pretty good. I'm sorry I asked. I'm just, I'm glad, I'm happy to see you. It's just been a whirlwind couple of days. Uh, it is good to see you too, Penny. Being suspicious. Um, well, we're going to go. Look, you look great. You still only got three eyes. Only three, yeah. Um, well, we're going to go try to find one of the last two. Cool, should we help? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool, should we help? Yes. That'd be great. Okay. Send me a map. Sounds good. 
Um, I have a map, and we only have two more to find. Alrighty. Because if you remember, you uh, killed Cliff, so. Oh, yeah, I did do that, huh? Mm-hmm. No, we, did, we didn't kill <laughs> Look, he was a monster. It wasn't even. Listen, it's fine. Can, uh, you not kill, can you not kill this one, though? I will do my best. <laughs> oh, I need the other one to answer. <laughs> I don't want to. Ki- I don't want to kill anyone. But if my life is in danger, I'm not making any promises. Okay, fine. Um, where should we meet up? Where should we regroup afterwards? Uh, let's just meet back at Zeke's. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I'm gonna put this whole freaking lab on lockdown because I don't think Indigo Labs is gonna be very happy with us pretty soon here. What? Why? Uh, I might have done something to their time telescope that Meredith isn't gonna appreciate, but it's fine. Uh, we got a few hours before she even notices what's wrong. Sweet, so let's try to do this fast. Yep. Um, I'm going to send you a map. I'm going to circle the area that you should check out, and then we'll see each other soon. Back at the witch head machines. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. On three, the adventurers. One, two, three. The, the adventurers. The adventurers. Spinning, holding alone. Chanel is now a bundle of bones. I read a poem. I think I'll write one for every human that dies or is dead. Hopefully, it will be a long time before I have to write poems for any of the people who make this podcast. Let's hear about them now. Penny White is performed by Bess Lawson. Angela Atticus Jr. is performed by Megan Swissman. Zeke Lynn is performed by James Kedlar. James is also the sound designer and composer for the podcast. Every other talking thing in Chillhaven is performed by Philip Swissman, who is also the producer and game master. Our introduction was performed by Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Sands. Well, back to my poetry. Say what runs with decapitated.